Please listen carefully. And now, live from the Zudio in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys flapping gums and being chums, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we are doing, finally, our Falcon and Winter Soldier recap. Yes. Rate, review, we're going to give pizza ratings everything, but of course, since it is Falcon and Winter Soldier and Marvel, mm-hmm. we needed to have our favorite producer, no offense Brad, Brad is also our favorite producer, it's equal, they're like children. They're you like can't, You can't pick a favorite, favorite announcer. Yes, he's our favorite announcer. That's true. Not Scott is here with us. Good to be with you. Hooray! Clap, 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 Good clap. Good to be with you. We like to bring Not Scott in on the Marvel stuff because he has hot takes on the Marvel stuff. He loves Marvel stuff. He has a huge comic book collection of Guilty. mostly Marvel stuff. Well, huge by what comparison? By our, by what we and Mikey, we and Mike. I'm, I've been watching. Y'all the, have. My wife's been watching The Crown too much, and I've been sitting there, and I'm, I'm using the royal we. No, you're you're a resident comic book nerd just by the virtue, the fact alone that you, I would say, you own the most comic book out out of our group. Yes, that are carded and bagged. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> but there are people who are way nerdier than me. Of course, oh, I, of course. I, I am. Uh, I have a day job. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but we're all Marvel fans, and we were all super excited that Falcon and the Winter Soldier finally showed up. It's here. It's all done. Six episodes. I was happy to get into it. It was a new thing to dive into. It was exciting. How was Cancun, by the way? It was the best. We mentioned it on the last podcast because we said we were going to be doing this and people were like, why are you doing nerd alerts? And we're like, because we want Not Scott here. And right now he's in Cancun while we're here. It's all true. Talking nerd alerts, which is Cancun was uh, fantastic. The best part is my wife came back with a tremendously positive attitude. There you go. Hooray. Um, That's what vacation should do for a person. So, Falcon and Winter Soldier, we're here to talk about it. We're here to do our roundtable. Starting off at the top, here's my thought, and we can go from here. But episode one, I was under the impression that it was going to be, okay, Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie, he's going to be Captain America. He's going to pick up the shield, and we're going to have Captain America Avengers. That's not where we start. It was so interesting. We start off episode one, Sam Wilson's like, do I take the shield? Do I not take the shield? Bucky's out roaming around and he's going to therapy. Like we kind of start all sort of out of sorts. Like what's everybody doing? It did, but we get to see the Falcon going on missions and adventures and fighting some terrorist groups with helicopters and flying around and awesome action. Oh yes, the opening scene where Falcon battles multiple helicopters. Yes, uh, as he's escaping. Oh, as they're coming up to Libya or whatever. Uh, really trademark MCU action scenes, I thought. I love watching the Falcon fight a helicopter. It's a great fight scene. Especially since he knows how to use the suit and it's well choreographed. I mean, it's action-packed. The fight scenes in this show are amazing, and it starts off in episode one. Amazing. I know we're getting, like, movie cinematic level action on our television at home. That's awesome. That's something we didn't see in WandaVision because WandaVision was so... Well, I mean, I guess we did kind of at the end when he's fighting himself. Yeah. But really... I mean, ultimately, WandaVision is smaller, I guess, is the word. And I think I'd agree with that, yes. More intimate, maybe, is the word. It's a much more personal story than, yes. 
Yes. Falcon Winter Soldier, which is a grand globe trotting kind of event. This was the whole series to me was a, just a really long movie. Oh, absolutely. So that's how it came across. It was just here's a Marvel movie that's really long that's cut up into pieces. <laughs> yep. Well, WandaVision it, was like WandaVision seemed more like something that was made with episodic television in mind. This seemed to be made more with this movie's too long. We need need to break it up. It could be a six-hour movie, or it could be six episodes. Let's do it. It did a lot of things really well. Again, the fight scenes were great. One of the things that most every Marvel movie has is that moment where you go, I never thought to use the power that way. (laughs) And there are just so many ways that they used Sam's wings in all different kinds of ways. I loved how the jetpack becomes the leveler for how a normal dude can fight super soldiers. That's it? I mean, he still takes a whooping. But they really use the superpower of the suit, the jetpack, the wings. You know, like when Carly, in that last episode, when Carly punches into the shield, I'm jumping ahead, sorry, uh, punches into the shield, and instead of getting blown backwards, the wings dig into the concrete, iron spider-like, and reinforce, and that's how he can stand up to a super soldier. I thought the way they used the powers was on par with a lot of the expectations you have with with MCU movies. And that's part of the narrative that they're setting up in our first episode is like part of the reason Sam's sort of reluctant to take the shield at first is because Steve, the original Captain America, is a super soldier. Like he's got all the powers. Sam Wilson is everyday human. Yes, he has the Falcon suit and he knows how to use it well, but uh, it's a factor. Like how can he go up against superheroes, super bad guys? Yeah, but he also feels like he can't live up to the mantle of Captain America. Like, who can be Steve Rogers? No one can be Steve Rogers. So he takes the Indiana Jones route and says, the shield belongs in a museum. It belongs in a museum! (laughs) On top of the conflict of Sam trying to figure out if he wants to be Captain America, we are like six months after everybody in the world has come back from the blip. So there's a global sort of conflict going on as well. Not only is it between Sam and Bucky, the blip has happened. People have come back, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and... People are living where people should be. People are not living where they should be. This is the one. This is the one. The one of the knocks I'll give on this show is that I had to research what the hell was going on with some of the stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, it's in there, and if you watch it twice, you get it. But you really get it if you kind of look up what the MCU background. I mean, happened. like the GRC stuff. Well, just just what happened with the blip stuff. I mean, they say it in there. They say like all the borders were changed and everything's weird, but. They don't really get into it much, but then you find out if you look into it, it's really cool that literally with half of everyone gone, some countries couldn't handle it because they've lost enough people so much of their population. So countries had literally had to like combine and stuff. So the world during the blip and this wasn't explained in the movies either. This is what kind of I like. Really, this is a knock on the MCU as a whole, not just this show, really, for me. I got you. They didn't really explain that during the blip, how messed up everything got. That literally, like, countries that existed stopped existing and became other countries. We ended up with Czechoslovakia again, or something. I mean, but it seemed more major than that. It seemed like these usual countries that were used to existing had to combine to become something else. Well, isn't to a certain degree, isn't that what this whole series does go into? The GRC and moving everybody around and when people came back and the the speech with Carly and the senators Mm -hmm. right there. And she's like, you know, you guys, uh, you just move people around indiscriminately. And I think they... Did you get that the first time around? Because I I didn't get it. I didn't. Yeah. I really... That was my thing. I didn't get it the first time around. In fact, this brings me to one of my, I'm not going to say numerous, but some complaints I have about it. 
I didn't understand why the GRC was so bad. And I think one of my chief complaints with the whole series is it does so much telling and not showing. And that's a, it's a cardinal rule in storytelling. You should always show something instead of telling it. And I feel like mm -hmm. they just told why the GRC is so evil, why it's so bad. I didn't. I, my first viewing through it, I'm like you. I don't really understand who the Flag Smashers are fighting and why they're so angry. Yep. Well, we'll get to the Flag Smashers in a minute, but I'm with you. Like, And Kevin is right. As far as the MCU goes, like, the blip is more like the only time we've heard about it before the show was like, hey, everybody's back. The blip wasn't that bad. People survived. Yay. And then that was it. But now we get the actual like global ramifications and the real-world implications of all these people are back. There are now conflicts that didn't exist before. How do we bring that back? And some of the people that are mad about it are Carly and her Flag Smashers, like you're talking about. We get a little bit of mention of them in the first two episodes, but they're sort of the ones that are like going up against the GRC and saying, you're trying to put people back, trying to fix the blip, but you're doing it wrong. I guess, maybe? Well, you, you hit on something that is one of my favorite parts, and it's really a favorite parts of Marvel in general, is they're going to deal with the real-world implications of these catastrophic things that happen. Normally in comic books and in superhero movies and such, you just go on about your way after the big catastrophic thing. But they're showing the end results of that. It's something, the real world implications, and those are the, those are the words you cited a minute ago. And that's, it's so Stanley. That's exactly what Stan would do I get um, it. when he was writing comic books was bring the real world implications into his comic book stories. Mm -hmm. And I think they're, they're hitting those points on purpose. I think that is a, a, a plus for this show is like, this is the show you can do it in because Captain America tends to lean more political, militaristic government, like, world problems you know as opposed mm -hmm. to like wandavision with yeah. their own powers so i'm glad glad that's one yeah. of the themes because it shows rest. up a bunch i love the theme i hate the execution <laughs> fair enough fair <laughs> enough we'll get there we'll get there okay so i know we're kind of jumping around a little bit i still want to because this is sort of relevant because yes. it, it does happen in the first episode sam gives like i said belongs the museum gives the shield to the smithsonian yep and I mean, it's later on, really, it's revealed how much Bucky is angry about it. But I just want to kind of get into that dynamic mm -hmm. of how the, the the whole thing, the whole overarching this called Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Absolutely. But the chemistry and and everything that goes on between those two characters, between Sam and Bucky. To me, is spot on. I don't think there's a false moment. I think everything is happening the way it should be happening. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing is that Bucky loves and trusts Steve so much that he's like, if he gave you the shield, the shield is yours. Oh, uh, yeah. Use it. My best friend, the guy I love the most in the world, the guy I would, I'll die for, he gave you that shield. You use that shield, man. And him giving the shield up to the Smithsonian... Made Bucky so mad. Threw him for a spin. Yeah, yeah. it made him like, I need group therapy now. <laughs> and can we talk about how awesome that like? I was going to bring it up. The yeah. whole Sopranos angle of anti-hero with the therapist thing. That's it. It's like you're a bad guy. You've been used for bad means, but let's sit down and talk about <sighs> it. You have your book of names. Let's. Who are those names? Let's talk about it. And then also when they like when she does Sam and Bucky together and they're mutual. That's that's the buddy cop dynamic that you're talking about. And that whole therapy scene between them when they're smooshing their legs together and Baker and back and forth with each other like Here, a married couple. I 100% agree. Those two guys, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie, have a great chemistry together. Yep. Here's where I think they missed it. How many of those scenes in all six episodes are there? Two? Yeah, two. I wanted more. I wanted 
more of that dynamic. And I feel like that took a back seat to the whole Flag Smashers thing and all of the other different subplots that it was going on. I wanted I wanted buddy cop stuff, which is <laughs> kind of what we were sold, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seems like there's this whole venue or way we could have gone. Sam is a PTSD counselor. Yes. If there is a poster boy for PTSD in the in the MCU, it's it's Bucky. Mm-hmm. And and what I one of my big takeaways from the whole series is Bucky really has become one of the most fascinating characters. He's oh, for sure, yeah. One of the most genuinely self-loathing characters that we have. More than any other hero, he recognizes the flaws that he has and has a lot of shame over that. The whole flashback to when they were in the doing the deprogramming in in Wakanda, yeah, oh, with absolutely. Ao, and it kind of goes into their backstory. I thought that was wonderful stuff. Why did it in there? I wanted Sam to do his PTSD thing with Bucky, and it we kind of touched on it. I wanted more of that. I think they missed the boat when they didn't give me enough of that. Okay, I have two justifications. Kevin, do you have any comments? No, go go. Okay, I want to hear my. I, I'm, I <laughs> so, got my. I got my referee stripes on. Go. Ding ding go. Blow the whistle when I get out of line. No. <laughs> I'm with you. Like, it was pitched as a buddy cop movie, and that's their whole dynamic. But there is a global crisis going on. So there's an aspect of they got to put this aside. They're, they're both good enough people and good enough friends to put it aside and fix the problem. Like, they're good guys. That emphasizes the good guys. And they kind of hint, like, they keep making quips at each other every once in a while. But I would like more of their dynamic because their scenes together are amazing. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think they missed an opportunity. But there's a long-term game here. This, is, this isn't one and done on Falcon Soldier. We're going to get more. I hope so. So fingers crossed that there's room for more of them in a docile setting rather than flying through the skies and taking out Flag Smashers and also going up against New Captain America. New Captain America. Okay, so this is where I have to like pull out a soapbox because I was told by my children, <laughs> save it for the podcast. So here we are on the podcast. So... This is me taking on Phantom. One of the things that we like to do on the podcast is show a mirror to toxic fandom, right? Yeah. And tell them, like, you're being toxic. Chill out. Positivity. Let's go. Positivity. So this is me getting angry for a positive reason. (laughs) (laughs) Rationalize. Well, here's the thing is that, yes, so let's get into it. Sam says, I'm putting this shield in a museum. Yep. And it's not respected. The U.S. government says, no, these flag smashers are a problem. We need Captain America back. We need that intimidation. So if Sam's not going to do it, we'll make our own Captain America. So we have this war hero over here, and we're going to make him Captain America. So that's what they do. They introduce the Captain America, and then the Internet and everyone goes crazy. And they're literally like, hey, wait, no. Sam Wilson's supposed to be Captain America. Who's this guy? We don't like him. He's weird looking. He doesn't look right as Captain America. He can't be Captain America. He's not supposed to be Captain America. We hate him. He's horrible. What? I don't care who his parents are in real life. I don't care that he's Hollywood royalty. They hate him. Hate him. Oh, let's. This is the worst ever. Ah! And it's like, okay, listen, the MCU, they did exactly what. They did it right. If you're acting that way, they did it right. The whole point is, yes, the whole point of this show is Sam needs to realize that he is deserving to be Captain America. And yes, this guy isn't supposed to be Captain America. The whole point of the show is Sam figuring that out. But why'd they give it to somebody else? Uh, yeah, it's like, what is wrong with you? Like, the internet went crazy. And I'm, I'm sitting there I just going gotta like... Jump in. You are totally validating why I don't interact with social media. I Thank know, you. right? 
I know. It's like, dude, it's only like, what, what was that? The second episode? Did they really? Yeah. People got really upset over that? They got really mad. They were sending Wyatt Russell. They were going into his social medias, all this hate stuff. Are you serious? Just, yes, man. They were like, like the people were like going, yeah, they were going crazy on him because they're like, no, it was, it's, it went, they went crazy, and I, some of it got political, and I don't even want to go there. Ridiculous. But guess what? You getting angry means they're telling their story. They're telling their story right because you're supposed to get angry. That's I would say to those people, you're not actually comic book fans because that is the most comic book thing to do is to have someone else take over. Yes, that and bring someone back from the dead. Those are the you know. Yes. Yeah, and if somebody else takes over, and your immediate reaction is, "This guy seems kind of weird. He looks like Steve, but a weird, like sleepy version of Steve." No offense to Wyatt Russell, you and no, your no. Kurt he Russell had family a weird are gorgeous chin, people, didn't he? Yeah, I think that was part of the point. That's he it. Looked really bad in the in the. I think you're right. Costume. I think you're right. Like he kind of fit, but there was something about him that didn't fit, and. That was yeah. their clue giving you, like, hey. But hey. I have to say, Wyatt Russell, I didn't know anything about the dude. He did an awesome job in this role. I think sure. so. I think he did. Very a re- believable. Yes, really good job. I mean, just with the PTSD he had and everything, and he's got this weird kind of, like, neck twitch thing that he does. Oh, and it gets amplified with yeah, the serum. Yeah, I know. Man, it's really good. Good on him. Well, having a little bit of background on U.S. Agent, I, there's one or two books with him in it. They nailed him. They absolutely nailed U.S. agent. Yes. He okay. is meant to be this kind of warped mirror to Steve Rogers. Yes, he's Captain America, but like I say, he's carrying on a lot of PTSD. Yeah. I thought they really did a great job with the character. I understood his motivations, why he did what he did. Just the whole, the way he was handled and the way he's taken out at the end of the story, not taken out, excuse me, the way he's he's exited of, out of the story yep. into his own U.S. agent spinoff comic book or whatever, he's going to show up somewhere else. Um, yeah. I thought they really did justice to the comic book version of U.S. agent. That's great. And uh, behind the scenes fact, was a pro hockey player in Europe, Wyatt Russell. Oh, that means he can, he can actually yeah. fight like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. He did such a great job, and it's interesting because it, you get to see the dynamic of what would Captain America be like if you weren't such a good guy as Chris Evans? I mean, Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because they go back to that thing that the super soldier serum amplifies everything in the person, so they needed to find a super good person. The What, what were they called? The 90-pound weakling, basically, is what Steve Rogers was. But he had the heart, and they, they, yeah. they, they touch on that in this show as well, is that uh, Lamar Hoskins, John Walker, who is now Captain America, so Captain America and Lamar Hoskins have the conversation to be like, if you had access to the serum, what, would you take it? And he's like, I think it just amplifies what you already are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily, it doesn't make you a superhero, super good guy. It just makes you super strong. How do you use that? Well, and, and that's actually a theme from the very first Captain America First Avenger yep. movie. Yep. Absolutely. But thanks to John Walker and his Captain America exploits, we learn about, we learn a little bit more about the Flag Smashers that, spoiler alert, you should have, we're already talking about, about this whole show. So yeah. if you haven't seen it, you're, you're, you're missing out. It's but, been out. It's, uh, what, I mean, it's been months. Absolutely. But we learned the Flag Smashers are super soldiers themselves. And there's in the same episode, there's another tangent. There's one more super soldier we didn't know about that Sam Wilson meets, and that's Isaiah Bradley, a black super soldier from earlier times. Yeah, it's the Korean War. Apparently, Bucky fought him 
in the Korean War, and that's why Bucky knew about him. There you go. So it's like, hey, no, there's more super soldiers. I rem- I kind of remember fighting. It's it, well, I guess he does remember. It's, that's the thing we learned about Bucky in therapy and stuff. He remembers the crap that he did. Yes, that's, yes, he does. That's messed up. Do you think that has to do with him being frozen between missions? Like that's time for him to sit and have his brain just like cycle through oh, itself man. and make that's him a little crazy. bit crazy yeah, that, and that's, PTSD. That's, yeah, and we need to kind of address that too because one of our friends was confused Good call. as why Bucky wasn't old. And he wasn't old because they only re-unfroze him basically to do missions. Yeah, we get, we saw Steve Rogers get old. We see I, Isaiah Bradley is old, yeah. but Bucky is still uh, Sebastian Stan, looking great as ever. So he's he, he is got, old. He, got, he, he is the old. Russian version. He is older, but. I don't know how many, I mean, they only reactivate him for what, a, a mission. So it was like a couple weeks, like a month or two or something like that. There and then go. back in cryo freeze. So from 1940, whatever, until now, he had only aged a couple years, maybe. Yeah. And that's another thing they don't really tell, but it is in the comic book. So it is supported, right, Scotty? Because yes, I did. I, absolutely. You're Which the one part? that told me about it. Bucky being frozen between missions because it's never really said. I guess they mentioned it in one line, but I kind of missed it. So well, in the in the Winter Soldier, I mean, when mm-hmm. Zemo finds him, he's ah. in the deep freeze. Mm-hmm. Remember, yeah. he shoots the other what five or six of them, but he's he's there in the deep freeze. Oh, he's mentioned Zemo. We should talk about Zemo because that's pretty much the next thing that happens. Because when super soldiers are involved, yep. Sam says, oh, "There's one person who can help us out with this kind of stuff." Yep. But the expert on super soldiers. <laughs> I got one more question on Bucky. Oh, again. sure, sure. Go and ahead, yeah. I mentioned earlier, Bucky's one through this series really became one of my most fascinating characters. I'm with you. Do we ever really... We spend most of this with Bucky dealing with his past as the Winter Soldier and the atrocities he committed. Do we ever really address how he feels about Steve leaving him? Remember... Steve, Steve Rogers and Bucky are kindred. They have mm-hmm. the same thing. They are both men out of time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now Bucky's alone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that kindred. He doesn't have that friend anymore. And I guess maybe I, I would want to explore some of that, of how does Bucky feel about, yes, we all know he gave, he doesn't care that Sam got the shield. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement there. And there's ample character motivation for him to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But again, I want to see more about how he felt about all that transpired and why Steve did what he did and how it affects Bucky. Well, we get a little bit of how it affects Bucky and Kevin tapped on it a little bit earlier, but the reason that Bucky's so mad that Sam's given up the shield is because Bucky knows like Steve Rogers believed in Sam. Sure. And if you're turning that down, what does that say about me? And that puts him into a tailspin. Like he's been doing all this therapy. He's been making amends, but if Sam's the only time where we touch on that, so much missed opportunity with development of some really, really, awesome stuff i don't know ran, yeah. ran, ran out of sentences there but but there's super soldiers and there's the grc and now we have a bad guy in prison that we're helping there's so much going on therapy has to wait bad got, guy in prison we got we got good good guy stuff to do yeah speaking of bad guys yes we all had zemo come back i didn't know about this character i learned about this character in the series well, he was in the movie civil I, war I know. Okay, nerd, you can revoke a point on my nerd card. <laughs> I'm not or you the, can just edit that part out. No, I, I'm, I'm saying it out here. I love all the Marvel movies, but the Captain America series is the one I've seen the least amount of times and sort of only half paid attention. That, that's on me. I get it. So we have seen Zemo before, but I'm getting to know him now, and I love this character. Well, he's... I can't remember who who he originally fought or what comic books he showed up in originally. He's been in a bunch of different comic books. He's kind of one of those behind-the-scenes baddies. Mm-hmm. They did the homage to his wool purple mask. Yeah. And he, he puts it on, and 
First off, cool, he put the mask on. <laughs> Second off, why did you put the mask on and then take it right back off? any rate, it was a, a real awkward kind of homage thing that they did that, I don't know, didn't land right for me. Mm. It was to let the audience know that this is the bad guy you're thinking of. Here's his purple mask. Okay, now that you know that, we're moving on. He it, has more it, stuff it, to get it, to. It, it didn't seem, it seemed more fan servicey than actual. Mm, yeah, it was fan service. But we got the awesome meme of him dancing. Oh, absolutely. That's all over the yep, internet now. Yep. That's so crazy how prevalent that is. And it's just him doing like the Night at the Roxbury fist bump head shake. Yeah. It's just like, all right, way to go, Zemo. Then uh, he he leads our heroes on, you know, to the next next stage, pushes the story along. Yeah, they have to they have to escape him though. Yep, they have to. He has to break out of prison, but he kind of does it himself. He loved it. It was it great. Seems like you just need an excuse to do. it. He's like, oh, you need my help? Yeah, okay, let's break out of prison. And yeah, he starts hitting know, buttons right? and it's doing like, Zemo yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, I've been waiting to get out of here for a while, but I just hadn't any good reason. I I put this to you, Scotty. This is an example of this show showing and not telling because. You don't know how smart Zemo is, really, at least in the setting of this show. But he breaks out of prison, like, all on his own? Okay, yes. now kind of know the level of dude that we're dealing with. And then he, fresh out of prison, he's like, all right, let's go to Madripoor. I have a connection to help beat the Flag Smashers. It's like, yeah, it's interesting what? that they, so here's where, like, my Marvel nerddom comes in. Because I was always super into X-Men. I had a subscription to the Wolverine comic book that yes. used to come to my house when I was a kid. We should totally talk about this in another episode. And, and, and You need counseling if you love the X-Men. Oh, okay. Hot take. And Madripoor is more of an X-Men place than a Captain America place. I was never familiar with Madripoor. Oh, well, yeah. Well, uh, it's I, I didn't know if they were going to do something funny and put like Wolverine drinking at the bar. And have him show up, be like, we need your help. And he's like, F off. See you later. Or if he was just there. You know? <laughs> In the background. Yeah. Maybe we oh, should go back. Been, that would have been great. Review everything. Yeah. So anyway. Maybe there's a Logan Easter egg in there. Yeah. But here's my dumb question. Madripoor, like Sokovia, is a Marvel made-up yes. Yes. area. It's like it's supposed to be like somewhere in Malaysia. Yeah, Malaysia. Area. It's supposed to be like Singapore. Yeah. But it's Singapore-ish. It's, it's kind of like a criminal underworld Vegas run by the power broker. The power yeah. broker. More bad guy. Like, what's happening? There's too many bad guy names to keep track of. Well, well yeah, let's... Yeah, that's it's something... Let's that, go back to the antagonist... Put a pin in that. Okay. It's something they're they're bringing over. Like I said, they're bringing that over from the X Men stuff because that's it's interesting. They're they're mixing in because Disney owns all of oh, them yeah, now. That's, that's true. They own all of them now. But Power Broker mainly comes from X Men. It's part of Mad Report. It's the whole oh, deal. Interesting. Okay. We'll learn it's something like new. Java Tatooine. There you go. So how did you feel about the Power Broker, Kevin? You being on record as a fan of yeah. Agent Sharon Carter. What, what does she have to do with the power broker, Scott? <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know what she has to do with the power broker, Scott. <laughs> get into it now. Get into it later. It's going to happen. <laughs> do it now. We're, we're here. Yeah. So a little bit of setup, though. Sharon Carter does show up as the Sharon Carter Kevin knows and loves. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's in Madripoor selling art. There you go. From, sure. I guess in like selling art that should be places. It's art that we know should be in places already. I guess because of the blip. Yep. If half the people disappear, then That's half the art isn't owned anymore. Which means it's open to anybody. Which means I guess it's open Just to anybody. Acquire it and distribute it. So now it's one of those things where it's like, wait a minute. You come back from the blip and you're like, wait, I owned that Picasso. And it's like, not anymore. It's gone. You know? <laughs> and it seems like she has them. Exactly. And like it seems- all of them. 
And it seems like she has them to try and do business because she's an exile and she's just trying to make a life for herself because she got shunned by the U.S. and yeah, she's she didn't on get, the lam. She didn't get pardoned like Bucky did. But that's how they bring her into the fold is they they say, hey, if you help us out, pardon is part of the reward. We'll make sure it happens. And she's like, I guess that works. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So are you saying she's not the power broker? Well, not at this point of the show. She's not. <laughs> we don't know if she's the power broker or not. Yep. The show tries to make us think that this new character Julie Louis-Dreyfus is playing is the power broker because... And we're jumping all over the place, but Let's do once it. you uh, once the new Captain America goes rogue and loses his mind in in front of a whole bunch of cameras, murders a dude with the symbol, yeah, <laughs> the symbol of Captain America. He uses it to, yeah. So we'll get back to that. But Julia Lou Dreyfus shows up and is like, "Hey, man, it's okay. We can still use you for stuff." And we're, and so everyone's like, "That's the power broker. They brought in Julia Lou Dreyfus, the Veep." That is the, the Yeah, we they brought her in, and that's the power broker. That makes so much sense. And then we find out in the last episode, psych, not the power broker. But that means, like, what has Sharon Carter been up to That if she is the power broker? And also, now who is Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Like, if she's yeah. not the power broker, wh- what's her stake in this game? Exactly. Who is she? We don't know. But we do get an awesome showdown with Sharon Carter against the Flag Smashers in that sort of, like, shipping container area. And we get to see Zemo, like, knowing the strategy and more awesome fight scenes. I bring it up again because the fight choreography in this in this show is just top on par. notch. Oh. On, on par with everything else we've seen. Because yeah, mo- they went to Madripoor to find the guy who, was, who recreated the Super Soldier serum. Yep. And he doesn't last long. No. He not- does not. Thanks, Zemo. What are you doing? <laughs> Zemo has a grudge against super soldiers. Scott, I asked you earlier, because I was kind of confused why Zemo hated them, all the super soldiers. Because he, like, used Bucky, and Bucky's a super soldier, but he was using Bucky as, like, even though he hated them, he was using him for a reason, right? Well, and my understanding of Zemo's angst uh, is, of course, his family was in Sokovia, and, of course, his family and his son died in Sokovia, so his whole point... He hated the Avengers. Mm-hmm. His whole point was to wipe out the Avengers. He did that by using the rest, the final super soldiers that were left that mm-hmm. we know about. Because remember, he when in Civil War, he shot all the ones that are in the freeze containers and then used Bucky to... I don't know that it's ever fully established why he hates them other than he associates super soldiers with the Avengers. Mm, okay. That kind of explains why he takes out the scientist that's well, still... Yeah. yeah. He's making more super soldiers, and super soldiers... I mean, Captain America is the head of the Avengers, yep. and the Avengers are the ones who... And we're talking... What, what movie was that? That was where Sokovia got lifted up in the... Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, that's right. Age of Ultron was the one where Sokovia, and that's where all the bad stuff happens there, and that's where they make all the accords, and yeah, that's... It was after they destroyed Sokovia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That led to... Sokovia was a bad thing for the (laughs) Avengers. For the world. But they saved the planet. So, yeah, they saved the planet. It's the the context and conflict in this between, like, are the good guys good guys? Are the bad guys really bad guys? They're bringing that back up again, and I love that moral conflict in in my comic book media. I got one last thought on on Baron Zemo. He is supposed to be this great criminal mastermind. Mm -hmm. And... I thought it was a complete story give up. Just be like, hey, I'll be at this statue. And they're just going to show up at the statue and arrest him. Is that 
Is that say say mastermind to you? Oh, you're 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 talking about when his time was up. When yep. he's at the end of the story. Yep. That's how. Okay, I will grant you. Maybe he wants to be in the raft. Yeah, because of thunderbolts. But <laughs> he couldn't. We been more creative getting him there. It just seemed like a real. He's such a great villain. He's got so much potential. Clearly, he'll have more potential in the future. And we're just gonna be like, hey. I'll be right here. Come get me. Yeah, well, you know, I I know you don't like it, but I th- uh, this is what I think. Yes, he is that much of a criminal mastermind. So the reason why he did that was because he has a reason for doing that. And you lame. don't know you don't know it yet. You say he wants lame. to be on the raft. Yeah, he wants to be on the raft. There's why, a reason though? for it. Couldn't he accomplish something more in getting to the raft? I don't know. It just seemed like a really no, lame because- narrative give up. Yeah, but I don't think it is. I'm, I'm going to really have to disagree with you on this one because they made the point of showing his butler, whoever that guy was, blowing up all those other super soldiers while he was on the raft. So that what they're showing you is that I think that he's trying to look like he is impotent and capable of doing anything. Here I'm on the raft, mm-hmm. but he can still blow up that whole in a whole city way far away from me. He can blow up a whole prison truck full of super soldiers <laughs> at, at his word. So he still has the power to do stuff, but they can't blame him for it because, hey, I was on the raft. So I think that's all part of it. I think he's right where he wants to be. And I think it'll come out why he's there for some reason. I agree with you. He wants to go to the raft. Yeah. It's the storytelling choices that they made getting him to the raft that I think is eh, well, he just turned himself wasted into the, potential. The condoms, though, basically. And you know, the rumor is Thunderbolts, which is like the anti-villain Avengers, mm-hmm. is on the docket sometime in the future. Uh-huh. So it would make sense if Zemo's in a place where there are a whole bunch of other supervillains okay. a la Thunderbolts. Well, how else would you want him to get on the raft then? I don't know. Something cool? Like he tries some dastardly plan to roll a baby carriage down a <laughs> Down a hallway and some stairs getting way and somebody's got to say something. Wasn't but, that but, the but he was so boring. But he was already wanted though, so it was as, as easy as so. To turn make it entertaining. In. Make it interesting. It was okay, just. Well, I'll be here. Well, yeah, I thought it was a really lazy storytelling. I I don't think so. I have I've said dis- that five I, times. Now. I have to disagree with you on that one. I'll disagree, but I'll have some justification for it. Here's the positive spin on it, which we like to do in the podcast. As somebody that really is getting introduced to Zemo through this series, because you say he's in movies, but I wasn't paying attention. He he makes a great entrance. He's you, you get everything that's about him. You see that he's smart, he's planning. But what they show and don't tell is that he likes to play the long game. He likes to play the odds. He likes to wait and see what will happen. Could he have been cooler in season one? Yes. But we're not doing a movie. We're doing a TV show. they got to have season two, season three. So Zemo can hang around for season two, season three, and do all that cool stuff, but he's playing the long game. He's biding his time. I, Wakanda wants him arrested. They put him on the raft. It, it, we'll see him again. We, we haven't seen the last well, of, of Zemo. Of course we're going to see him again. It's the, well, I've said it. I've assumed my position. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but after that, they were hiding out in Latvia. The, the Wakandas show up. The uh, Dora Milaje. Oh, we get to see those the warriors Dora Milaje. They were great. I love that whole sequence, but... Uh, on the flip side of that coin, we get to see John Walker kill somebody, like you were saying, bashes a dude's head with, with a shield to seek vengeance on his partner. Well, yeah. I think that, well, the the fight with the Dora Elage, I, I never say that right, it was really kind of John Walker's bottoming out. That was his low point. He's like, they weren't even super soldiers, man. <laughs> yeah. That was so rad, the way she, she pinned the shield to the table with his arm still in it. And he's just stuck. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to react. And... Yeah, those chicks are bad. Yeah. 
That's what led him to decide, I need to take this serum. And it happens. He yeah. takes the serum. Yeah. He becomes super Captain America. Yeah. And then his sidekick is called Battlestar, right? Is that? Yes, in the yeah. comic book, his sidekick is Battlestar. Yeah. And I think that guy is called Battlestar, too, even though he's in it for like, it's like, it's like hi, I'm Battlestar. Hi, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, I <You> know. know. <laughs> Like I love the, the Battlestar. Great name, but you only get the name for three minutes yeah. in the show. Like, what's happening? His name should have been Red Shirt. <laughs> Red Shirt number two. <laughs> but anyway, the super soldiers end up, and I think it was actually the head super soldier, who we haven't even talked about yet. Kelly the, Morgenthal. Yeah. Kelly Morgenthal. Carly, uh, excuse me. Carly Morgenthal, yes. The head of the Flag Smashers. Uh, who is a group of super soldiers who I guess were under the control of the power broker at some time, but went rogue. Yeah. Because they like the world better when there was half as many people. One world, one people. Yes. Yeah. So, which I don't, one world, one. That's the thing I didn't understand. Okay. So, yeah. See, this is where the confusion comes for me. One world, one people. But it's not like all the countries were united True. back after one half a blip. So that's what's confusing to me. It should, like, and flag smashers, I guess, because. They don't want flags coming back that were gone already. Is that what flag smashers is supposed to be? They don't want any flags. They don't want any lines. They want that. yeah. They want, they're globalist, I guess. Oh, so they don't want any. They don't want any borders at all. They don't. So want, yeah. so so I guess their thing. See, I'm working through this now, which is again why I knocked it on the show because it's <laughs> like I should have known after six episodes exactly what was happening, but. I guess and now No, you shouldn't. It wasn't clear. Yeah, <laughs> I am with you. It wasn't clear. So basically their whole deal was, oh, it didn't go far enough. It wasn't good enough that some borders got erased. We want all the borders erased. Yep. And we certainly don't want a group of politicians in charge of it in a committee yeah. saying, oh, you should go here. This line should be here. Okay, and these but people see, but we were explained that they liked it better when there was half as many people. Yep. But then they're also, they're shown as like, freedom fighters who care about the refugees when technically in my mind in my mind a group who liked it better when there's half the people should want to kill half the people thanos style how do you get back to half how do you get back to where it was you make the people who showed up go away again who is the group that wants it back the way it was that's what we were the flag smashers the flag smashers that's what it was explained they said it at one point in the show they liked the it better before the blip i didn't get that and, and there is more context to it. Like, I, I did make the comment, like, the GRC is now the committee that's saying, oh, people go here, these lines are here. But within that, and what I think what, where the, we're talking about what the Flag Smashers actually want is that the GRC is deciding that, okay, these people came back, so they get this land and they get these resources. Whereas the Flag Smashers have already been there. Like, why are we getting the short end of the stick? Why do you get to decide and why can't it just be the world that was fine the way it was. We're going to do it our way. So when did we learn that information? It's shown, not told. It's when they're hiding. Ah, they... uh, see, I disagree. I think they tell us that information. Okay. I don't think they ever show us that information. It should, they, the Flag Smashers, one of their main targets is they're blowing up GRC refugee camps. And uh, anything that has the GRC flyer on it, that yellow flyer they keep showing, that's where the Flag Smashers show up. So they are trying from. to see. So she is trying to kill the new people who showed up. Yep. If she's blowing up GRC refugee camps. But it was confusing to me, though. This is why it was confusing. When the Flag Smasher people are in that what seemed like a refugee camp with that dying lady, who whoever that lady was, that old lady who they all revered. Mama Danya. Yeah, Mama Danya. That seemed like a refugee camp to me. Yes. Yes, it did. So how are there two refugee camps? Because if they were the ones who were there the whole time, then they shouldn't be refugees. They should be housed. They should have been... I think See, it's more just rebel hideout than it is. No, re oh, 
Well, it seemed like a refugee camp to me. Okay. They it did seemed a really, like refugee camp. They did a really bad job because <laughs> no, they did. A, I'm serious. They I'm did a really you. bad job of that because if you were there already, then you should be the person who had the nice place. And we never saw that the, them take these people like the show. Yeah, we never. Scott's right. They never showed Mama whatever her name was. Mama Danya. They never showed Mama Danya get like pulled out of the house she was in while they brought the people who used to live there in. True. We never was shown that. Now, you're right. They did tell us that. Mm-hmm. Emphis Nest said. <laughs> Emphis Nest. I did. She, she said. She said it, like you said. That's she right. said it. That's right. But we weren't overshown it. And it would have. I'm with Scott on this one. Okay. It would have had much more impact if we were shown Mama Danya being like pulled out of some like chateau or something or whatever. And like she's like, what are you doing? I'm sick. Or whatever, you know, and they're like, no, you're getting put over in this camp right now because the these are the people who own the chateau. That's the scene I wanted. That's what would have made it better for me. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you're, you guys are making I, sense. You're confused because me. that's what confused me because they were they were in a refugee camp. They were the people who were pulled out of places and put in a camp. Yeah. But then she went and blew up another place that was a place that had people who are waiting to go back to their places. So there's like two different kinds of GRC camps, but I didn't know. But I don't understand the two different kinds of camps. Yeah, they didn't make me understand it. Because one kind of camp is the camp for people waiting to get back to their house, and the other kind of camp is the camp where people were pulled from their house. And now that I think about it, it was in there, but it wasn't clear to me that, that the GRC facility that they blew up was nice. The ones where it had the people who came back. That Is was that nice. what it was? Yes, it was nice. But the place where yeah, they were with I Ma- missed all that. But the place where they were with Mama Danya was crappy. So that was I think they were supposed to be showing that the people who used to be there who got pulled out of places because you don't own it anymore because gotcha. the people are back. The people are back. Yeah. That those refugee camps were junky. Those were the ones that had like the little children Zemo was given candy to and stuff. That's they, right. The bad refugee camps. But the place they blew up, it was like a nice facility. And I think that that that's where the people who came back were, and so that it wasn't. It wasn't. It was I there. It was the there, theme. but it wasn't clear. I love the theme. I don't really. I think the execution could have been done better. No, you're right. They should have shown like the people in that nice camp dressed well, eating well, something like that. I'm with you. Well, and while we're there, my kind of my last because minor the, qualm is with Carly. Okay. Yes. Carly and Infus Nest. Infus Nest <laughs> and. Sam has a real empathy for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, he says, he says, I don't like, quite would, understand where that comes from. He, Why does he have so much empathy for Carly? He does this whole PTSD, the thing I wanted to do with Bucky. But where where does that connection come from? And I don't understand why he's so willing to mm-hmm. continue to give her... Maybe he thought she was cute. Possibility. <laughs> she is a cutie. <laughs> but here's where, here's what I got from it. This is, uh, again, like it, we're getting into murky waters because they could have done a better job of like laying this all out. Or maybe I just have to go back and watch it again, which I'm happy to do. Which we'll, we'll do anyway. But Sam says the line, I know what you're trying to do, but I think you're going about it the wrong way. If you take away the Flag Smasher label, the GRC label, Carly is sort of standing up for people that have been displaced and been wronged. We're supposed to assume by some committee or political party. Right? That's kind of how it's pr- put across. So... As somebody that's been disenfranchised and been done wrong, he kind of gets, like, standing up for your community. I mean, we've seen little snippets of Sam trying to get a loan at the bank and Sam with his sister trying to build a boat and Sam helping out with his nephew. So there is that, like, standing up for the little guy aspect that's been threaded throughout. 
And I think that's where the tie-in is together, because, like, yes, Carly is blowing up people, bad guy stuff, going about it the wrong way. But she's still trying to get people what they're due, get people their houses and land back, take out the, the, the flags that the GRC is putting down and make it better for everybody and not just a select group of people. I don't know. So who is the real, we put a pin in this earlier, <laughs> who is the real antagonist of the whole thing? Ooh, I don't know. I have a hard time figuring that out. And I think it goes back to kind of the whole, is it the GRC? Is, are they the ultimate? Ultimately, the Flag Smashers are good people doing bad things for good reasons, right? Loose quotes around that would good reasons, but yes. I think, uh, I mean, Sam has that big, long speech at the end. And part of his speech is that he understands that they, the Flag Smashers don't like the fact that you're removing them from places they've moved into by gunpoint. Yep. And and it's a sticky thing, and it's something more than the show can really get into because there is the question of, and this is like overreaching, overarching stuff, there's the question of, yeah, what do you do when this house was rightfully that person's before they got blipped, mm-hmm. but then someone else moved in there? They've been there for five years. They've been there for five years. So what what is the right answer there? And what Sam is saying is the wrong answer is what the GRC is doing is having armed men come to that person's house and pull them out and say, the owners are back now. Tough luck. Yeah. So there is the question of like, why aren't you saying like, where'd you live before? Who's there now? Do we just move everyone back to where they were five years ago? Like a do over. Is that fair? Cause maybe over those five years you changed jobs and, made it so you could afford this house that you couldn't afford before. Now you have to move back into some crappy apartment they used to have before after five years. There's all these questions that are, need to be answered, and it is sticky, and it's hard for governments to figure out. But Absolutely. what it boils down to is the GRC was formed and are doing that at gunpoint, I guess, and that's what Sam and the Flag Smashers have a problem with. And it's kind of the guys in suits. like They're the guys in power, so they're gonna they're, the rules are being made this way, so here's how it comes. So I guess it is the GRC. Well, since you brought up the show's culmination, I mean, basically, Sam's speech, while very impassioned, it basically amounts to we can do better. That's the big takeaway from the whole thing. Yes. I, 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 okay, you're let down by it. You made a face. I was. For it. I was very let down by that. Again, I, my other problem with the ending is John Walker doesn't have to pay a price for decapitating a dude with a, the symbol of America. But no, he, no, he did, though. He got he got dishonorably, dishonorably discharged. Discharged without stuff. honors. But there was a Senate hearing for him and everything. I guess, but that night when they're there together, he and... So what happened with that, though, is that he was trying to hold back that truck full of senators from falling off the cliff, and they saw him doing that. So one one heroic act, and you're... That's how comic books work sometimes, man. <laughs> no, it is. It is kind of... Very I mean, true. That, that is Very true. Because they were all gung-ho about him being Captain America, even as, like, a, a new super soldier, but he happened to be caught on camera killing a dude. Like, this happened, so we have to take recourse, but I guess if you do save a truck full of people, it kind of balances out. But they they don't reinstate him because... Yeah, the senator kind of acted like, okay, we get it, dude, you know, but we can't have that on camera. Because they, I mean, because he was all up with the GRC and stuff, so he probably was like, you know, he was probably like, hey, man, you know what? If there wasn't cameras, we'd just kind of look the other way, but there was cameras, so. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, That's what yeah. it's... You're right, you're right. Senator Absolutely. was slimy, so uh, that senator. Oh, senators are slimy. All Come of them. at me. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but to go to Scotty, your question and Kevin, a point you made a little bit before this. Yes, the speech is a little bit broad strokes and corny. I'm. I, it was corny. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Finally, Mike land saying well. something. It did. I agree. It was too long, and it could have been edited a little bit, made more succinct. And I don't know if Bucky saying. Sorry, I was texting. I missed it. Was like it seemed that, like a shot at whoever. It seemed like there was more than one writer, and like one of the writers is like, or the director was like, "Hey, you know what? You know what? You can say, Sebastian, say this." No, see, see you know I, what I mean? That's I, here's where we we'll disagree. We'll flip on that. I like the dig at the end of the speech because that's Bucky being the buddy cop best friend in therapy. Yes, saying that's the speech you're gonna give. Sorry, I was texting. I wasn't paying attention. It was kind of corny. Like it's sort I, of winking. I do like that moment. I do like that moment. It's it's one of the things that's my most favorite part about the MCU are those self-aware kind of uh, make fun of itself lines. And there aren't that many of those in this thing. I think there there could have been better if it were yeah, more I of those kind of. OK, well, let's talk about let's talk about our, our 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 favorite fun moments then. There you go. One of my favorite fun moments is is when they're trying they're fixing the boat. Oh, yeah. Bucky is in Sam are fixing his family's boat. And Bucky's trying to do something, and Sam's like, why don't you use your arm? And he's like, oh, I'm right-handed. I don't think of it sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, that was Yes, hilarious. that was a good moment. That, that was, was a good that moment. Was a fun moment. What about you? What was a fun moment for you, Mikey? Oh, only because you reminded me of that scene. Uh, I love the, my, the therapy scene between the two of them, the whole relationship between Sam and Bucky. Love everything about that. Yes. But speaking of that boat scene, when Bucky starts hitting on Sam's sister, and Sam is like, Back off, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah, off, like, you know that was a good scene. I had forgotten about that one. That is good. It's a touch. It was a touching moment, and it like it, I like those little as for as global and as gray and complex as the overall narrative goes. I like the fact that we dip back into family times and fixing up the boat, and it's a it's a pier party, and everybody's bringing beer and working together. Good and, stuff. And yeah. a cake. And a cake. And a cake from. Bucky, Whole Foods. Bucky brought a cake. Yeah, we decided the cakes from Whole Foods. I don't know why we decided that, but it was gluten free. It looks good. It looks like a yummy Whole Foods cake. One of my uh, favorite points we talked about earlier: the fight scene in the hotel room with uh, the door melage. Mm -hmm. When Bucky gets involved in the fight and she does the pressure point touch, like is in that was a total nod to old kung fu movies, and his arm yeah. falls off. Oh. Deactivated immediately. Deactivated the arm and afterwards, you know, I could do that. <laughs> Bucky still has this shocked, dismayed look on his face. <laughs> Again, Sebastian stands so great. Oh. And uh, no, I didn't know that. But it was kind of interesting. You kind of got to look into how it works, how yep. it connects. He's got a socket. Yeah. That was kind of cool. It was also kind of a reminder that they made it. Wakanda made it. Yeah. That's right. They're like, don't forget who made this. And speaking of making it, and I'm going to add one more favorite scene in here because it was, uh, we Go just watched it. We watched it again and it was amazing. So Bucky, behind the scenes, get uh, talks to Wakanda, and like he's like, hey, I have a special request. And a suitcase shows up, and it's the new Captain America Falcon combined uh, hybrid suit yes, for it, Sam. Yes, and it was the white suit I talked about before. They made such an obvious nod to it. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, I, I talked about, like, maybe they'll do the white suit, and it wasn't exactly the white suit, but they had that one scene where the lighting was such that it made it look exactly like that suit for a moment. Yeah, it washed out all the blue, and it yeah. made it just black and yeah. white. For, for our listeners, remind us exactly which suit you're talking about. So when we talked about this in previews, right, was it a Nerd Alerts? I don't remember when it was. We talked about it previously on the podcast mm -hmm. that I was hoping that in the comics, when Sam Wilson becomes Captain America, his suit is heavy white. Um, there's not a whole lot of other 
color in it. Yeah, it's less yes. of the red, white, and blue and yeah. more of his own thing. And this yeah. this suit looks very much like it, but there's one scene where he walks out and the way they do the lighting, I don't know much about lights, but the light is colored and it washes out the blue in it and makes it more of a neutral so it looks exactly like the white suit from the comics just in that one scene. It's a good homage. That's a good fan nod. That's not a, I have a mask, I, I don't have a mask. I absolutely It works in and it goes with the flow yeah. of the story. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of the costuming. I thought the, mm-hmm. the, the white Sam flying in that suit looked great. It was really, I mean, as believable as anything is in this universe. <laughs> I thought that was a great homage nod to the comic book. My kids said, my kids are like, why are his ears out like that? I'm like, because his ears are out like that. Let me pull pull you up a picture of the comic book. I'm like, look, his ears are out like that. And they're like, "Uh." I'm like, hey, man, if his ears were covered, people would have been like, hey, (laughs) his ears aren't supposed to be covered. I'm more grumpy that his head's exposed. He's going to get chili flying around. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, come on, man. He needs a helmet. He's going real up. fast. Yeah. He fights helicopters. Oh, that helicopter. More than once. Oh. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of helicopters happening in this show. They got to have flying battles. He's a flying superhero. Got to throw that in. Got to show off them wings. That, that is his main thing. He is a flying superhero. That's his superpower. Yeah. And he still has Red Wing, even though Bucky hates that robot. But I think now he has two of them. So shout out to the new suit and new powers and new Red Wing. So now I'm not super into the uh, I didn't collect a lot of Captain America comics as much as like Captain America. Not necessarily my wheelhouse, but okay. But do you know, is Sam always just in the comics? I mean, this is kind of inside baseball, inside Marvel, I guess. Get into it. Is Sam always just a regular dude or does he ever get super soldiered? Um, I don't want to misspeak because it was not necessarily my wheelhouse, but yeah. I do think he got super soldier. Okay. I do think he was, there were a whole series of experiments. Captain America was like, they all had designation. He was like C1 and in the comic uh-huh. books, Isaiah Bradley was C18 or yeah. whatever does it. I can't remember exactly. There's a whole yeah. series. There's a whole bunch of super soldiers out there yeah. in the comic books and they were all a series of experiments yeah. and I evolution want, of the series. I wonder if they're going to do that for him or not. Cause I mean, it almost makes me think at some point, because how do you fight U.S. agent? Oh, he uses the wings. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess. He, yeah, he, if he's got the wings and stuff. But, man, I just... I, what, I, if, what if he I, had the wings, the shield, and the serum? <laughs> something. And that's why I, 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 I kept waiting for something like that to happen, and, and I know he wouldn't ever knowingly take it. So I was trying to think of a way they could accidentally give it to him somehow. He could accidentally take it. Lots of ways. Yeah, there's lots of ways. Like Walker's U.S. agent at one point can be like, I want this to be a fair fight in your neck. Oh, that'd be you amazing. Know, something like that. That would be great. Yeah. Head cannon, absolutely. Yeah. And it would further the theme that I love and that they're setting up in the show is that what happens to somebody that takes the ser- super serum? It does not automatically make you a good guy. It doesn't make you a bad guy. It causes some sort of It makes of you more issue. of what you are is exactly. what the thing is. And Sam is awesome, so make him more awesome. And yeah. now he's got a Wakanda suit. Wakanda suit. Does anyone else have any kind of issue? And I'm not saying I do. That Captain America's suit is not made in America? <laughs> no, because Wakanda technology, like... Oh, far superior. Far, is it vibranium? I'll take a Wakanda suit over anything else. <laughs> what are their little nanobots? Is it vibranium or something? They have those little, like... They have the technology. Yes, yes. It all comes from their use of vibranium in their technology. Yeah. So I say top of the line. That's fine. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe part of the flag smashed borders was maybe what kind of part of America. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> it might be. Who knows? Never. No, I'm they're still the, pretty sure. They're their own their sovereign own na- nation. But I like the fact that we're wondering where this goes because 
there's going to be more to this. Like Zemo's on the raft, like you're saying. Is that is this is this a known thing? Are they doing another series of this, or is this just all? Set I don't up know. For if there's been a season two if I can Winter Soldier confirmed. I know they're going to carry it out. There, there's been announcements about Captain America four. Yeah, and I believe that's going to be Sam Wilson yes. and the same yes. crew that made the show. Whether they wrap that up in the movie or do like series movie series movie, that's still to be mm-hmm, determined. Mm-hmm. But. I think they could knock out the loose ends that they've set up here in a two and a half hour movie, maybe. Yeah, it's true. It's possible. Absolutely. I would love more show, though. That's my hot take. All right. So, man, have we covered everything we want to cover? Is there anything left you wanted to bring up? Favorite moments, more complaints. We did that, favorite moments. I think we've done most of our complaints. The only other little minor thing I had, and this is super (laughs) nitpicky. Do it. Sam throws the shield in episode three or four Really, really quite effectively. Yes. But then suddenly we got to do a training montage mm. of him learning how to throw the shield. It seemed a little out know. of don't, out of order. Don't point at me, Mikey. I love a montage. Montage is my favorite I, thing. I'm not saying I don't. I love a montage too. But it seemed like it was edited out of place, probably. And let's talk about the last thing before we wrap it up. Oh, but I, the, no, 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 no. Wait, no. no Mikey no. has a point about the shield. It's because yeah. the first time Bucky was there. Exactly. Right? So, yes, I'm with you. The montage did seem a little out of place because they're already showing him. He knows how to throw the shield. But what they what they didn't tell us is that every time he throws the shield, it, like when they're hanging out, Bucky's the one that catches it. So he knows how to throw it, but he isn't quite skilled enough or powerful enough to know how to catch it. And so then you got to do the Rocky montage be like, I need to beef up so I can catch the shield, not just throw it. Better and yes, better, yes. you do a montage. Yes, yes. I'm telling you, when I would always talk about that, like when we're doing like role playing games and stuff with my friends, I talk about montages. That's it. And then finally, that movie came out, and they did the montage song that talked about montages. And Team I was America, like, yeah. and I was like, I was like, oh my god, these guys are in my brain. You ever have one of those? These oh guys yeah, are in my brain Had moment? Same thing. That was what I was like. I was like, oh man, you need a montage. <laughs> I'd like to request that be our outro song tonight. Okay. No, we don't have the rights for that. I'll sing it. No. Yeah, you can sing it. You can. We can do our own version of it. We have to learn it. Sumo Positions Backyard Band. Backyard Band. That's the next song. Uh-huh. Montage. Yes. To be continued. All right. So that means it's time. Our I see a pizza is here. Ding dong. Ding dong. Our pizza is here, and that means it's time for us to do a pizza rating. Our favorite for Falcon and Winter Soldier. So. Guest first? Absolutely, because I want to hear what his rating is. Uh, all right. Well, out of eight slices of pizza, how many slices you give it? Eight being the best, one being the worst. You can add any toppings you want to boost it, add pluses and minuses. I believe you gave WandaVision eight with all the toppings. Yes, I believe I did. Uh-huh. Um, I believe I have a long history of <laughs> giving eight plus slices to many things. Especially because I have a hard time not giving eight slices to something that I love. Oh, I'm going to go back to your metaphor, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Metaphor? Uh, of the ice cream. Oh, Rocket wow. and Winter Soldier is still ice cream. Mm-hmm. And oh, I sure. love ice cream. Mm-hmm. This might be the Rocky Road of ice creams. Mm-hmm. But I still loved it. Is he I'm, saying he doesn't like Rocky Road? I didn't catch much? that. Is Rocky, is Rocky I'm Road going to give it okay. eight cheese slices. Oh. <laughs> Wow, it's still a great rating, though. I see what you're doing there. No toppings, because you have complaints. I have yes. complaints, but I still love it, and I will go back and watch it again and Awesome. Again. Yeah, well, hey, man, again, the ice cream rating is also like the pizza rating. Like we said, all pizza is good. There you go. It just depends on how much of the pizza you want to eat. That's right. So that's the thing. Uh, so, And then, of course, we start putting toppings we love. We want to eat it more. There you go. All right, do you want me to go next, Mikey? Go for it. All right, so... 
I'm definitely giving this eight slices of pizza. I enjoyed it immensely. Yes, it does have problems, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't take away from it. I'm going to put a meat on there because I enjoyed the banter so much. I'm going to do like eight slices, put some pep on there. (laughs) Not double pep, though. No, not double pep. Maybe some pep, maybe some sausage, you know, but just one topping. This is an eight slice, one topping pizza for me. Okay. I like it. That means I'm I'm the last to give a rating. Yes. Uh, this is on you guys, but it also is determined on... I, I've only watched it on once. On us guys. On you guys. On Scotty and Kevin. What did we do? I can't make you eat pizza. Yeah, we can't make you eat pizza. No, but you're causing this rating is what I'm saying oh. because we've had so many good questions. Oh, the discussion has adjusted his rating. That's what this, that's what this podcast is all about. You would know about adjusting your yeah, ratings. all the time. You, yeah, all the time. I, sometimes, I, sometimes I come back in a later episode and say... I changed my mind. And this may happen because yeah. I have only seen these episodes once, and I'm curious to do a rewatch, so this may change. I'll come back mm. with it like Kevin has. Yes, we're the, for reviewers, we're the waffliest reviewers ever. You know, it's like... it's like Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes didn't come yeah. to us. No. Yeah, Just, no. But hey, man, I... Uh, it's uh, pizza. But still, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of reviewers who gave Star Wars bad at first, but then you get their, like book of reviews that they made 20 years later and they gave it great reviews and you're like wait a minute I'm like, That's not I can right. look on the internet now Siskel or Ebert or I'm not no, Gene Shalit <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm not accusing any of them. I, these are the only professional critics <laughs> the only professional of. critics you can think yeah. of there you go Wolonsky <laughs> well I'm going to act like a professional critic here <laughs> and say it would have been 8 out of 8 but with the questions that are there and the unresolved issues that are still present I'm curious to see how they wrap it up, but because they're still open-ended and because we've had great discussion here, I'm going seven slices with an ice cream sandwich for dessert. Oh, what? Ooh, Whoa, that's a twist. Sandwich. We were talking about ice cream because, like... Doesn't that just make it eight slices, then? Does it, though? Much like pizza, much like ice cream. <laughs> does it, though? <laughs> much like pizza, much like ice cream, I'm happy to have all these Marvel shows that are coming out and the fact that they're movie-level quality with fight scenes and costumes and conflicts and global problems and family problems that, like, it, it's up there. Absolutely. But now you guys give me questions, so I had to take away a slice to figure out, do I save this slice for later when the show comes back and I need some For your rewatch, yeah, right? there you go. Okay, I would, I would argue an ice cream sandwich is equal to a slice of pizza in my mind. It's the tiny ones. It's the one they give you at school. That, okay, well, that, well that, then yes, then okay. that's, that's very a mini, dissatisfying. That's, a, that's very different. That changes uh, yeah, everything. Yeah, that does. That changes it all. It's very dissatisfying. I don't know what fancy ice cream sandwich. Many ice cream sandwiches were always very dissatisfying. Yeah, that's very it. That's what I'm saying. Because so you can't even get that. That you can't even get the biscuit cake stuff stuck on your fingers with the little ones. Wow. See, that's the whole fun of the ice cream sandwich yeah, is that it stays you on scrape your scrape it off with your yeah, teeth. It stays on your fingers. So right. instead of a, a, a whole slice of pizza, I'm doing the crummy school. school so does provided. it get officially recorded as a seven slice? Yes. Oh, absolutely. With a little is bit there, of dessert. Is there a column for ice cream? There is now. I want to go back and adjust my ratings. If we can add yeah. ice cream, I don't. He's off the. He's off. He's gone off off road here. I'm off the rails. But yes, the crappy ice cream sandwiches are the topping on my seven slices. <laughs> <laughs> the internet bully strikes again. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh. Oh, that's great. So, hey, man, we want to know what you think of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Is it worth eight slices with tons of toppings? Is it? Did you not like it at all and you only want one slice? Do you just do you just think it's worth a crappy ice cream sandwich? That's it. Or do you? Or is it a Neapolitan ice cream sandwich? Do you like those ones? I don't like those ones. I like just the black and white. Or is it Rocky Road, which we still don't know. Is that good or bad? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like Scott doesn't like Rocky Road, but I think it's pretty decent. 
It's ice cream, of course. Yes, of course. So let us know. You can hit us up on all our social medias at Assuming Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We like Instagram best because it has pictures on it. You can also send us a letter to assumingpositions at gmail.com. Every episode, I ask Mikey in what format he wants us to have you send it in. But I think we should ask Scott. Scott, if they're going to send us a letter, what format should it be in? Queen's English. The Queen's English. I like it. That's, that's, that's official. Excellent. <laughs> so we want to thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank Not Scott for being here. Yes. My pleasure. Thank and you for providing me. our equipment. Thank you, Not Scott. And we also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing. Jazzar for doing our music, and we hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll see you next week with something fun. One world, one people. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to think of a Captain America tagline. <laughs> Good stuff, boys. Good stuff. <laughs>